Hi, it's Locke. I screwed up today. I did the whole show. Forgot to promote uh, two things I wanted to promote. Uh, so I'm gonna just, tomorrow we're going to try something hopefully really fun. NBA TV is celebrating John Stockton's birthday. They're going to do it first with the game. He had 28 assists against the Spurs. Then they're going to do the All-Star game where he's MVP. Then they're going to do the Denver game where he breaks the assist record. Then his shot against Houston. And then the finals game. I'm going to go live virtually the whole thing. I'm not sure about the All-Star game on Locked On Live. And I want you to join me. Will be a second screen experience. You can watch NBA TV. You can follow us live on Locked On Live on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Locked On Sports on Periscope and Facebook. I'll have the chat room open. We can just really relax, hang out. Uh, I've got Mark Eaton str- uh, scheduled to stop by. I've got Jeff Hornacek scheduled to stop by. I've got Dave Fredman scheduled to stop by. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Uh, just try to build community and spend a day together tomorrow. So just wanted to make sure I mentioned that right on the top of the show. Also, if you didn't hear, Chad Ford is back. NBA Draft Podcast, Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Lockdown Podcast Network debuts March 30th. Now on to the show. Thanks for letting me put this back in. It is Locked On Jazz for the 25th of March, a snowy one, in fact. We'll talk about what the Olympic postponement means to the NBA. It's a happy, positive Wednesday with Thurl Bailey, a search for trying to find interesting numbers that fails and an interesting question on who would benefit the most from all of this wackiness. It is all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it more fun to be a jazz fan. Uh... Special thanks to the, our sponsors that are staying with us right now, the, the Murdochs and, and all the rest that have items out there they want to let you know about. I also am trying to take a moment whenever there's a local company uh, that's doing something and let them know. We mentioned Park Cafe is serving their breakfasts, uh, grab and go. Uh, there's a neat one, right? I just found out about last night. Hand sewn, homegrown. So hand, S-O-W, and then S-O-W-N, and homegrown that's hand and s-o-w-n homegrown.com and it's a collection of all of the uh various kind of local um vendors in town so you know small small people clifford family farms sun river farms uh pomona produce they've all gotten together at one spot and uh, it's kind of like a farmer's market online since you can't really have a farmer's market right now. So uh, they, they take their orders through Thursday and they deliver it to you on Sunday. I just want to give them a shout out. So I uh, hope, you know, trying to help everyone we can in whatever little ways uh, might exist out there. Uh, saw one of my favorite restaurants, Alamexo, uh, out in downtown Salt Lake is doing some stuff too. Um, so feel free to support them. All right. Uh, the Olympics have been postponed for a year. Uh, the impact on the NBA. Two, one, I'm not sure that I see it as a direct um, correlation to anything involving, you know, the, the easy answer. I've got this from a few people. So, oh my gosh, they weren't supposed to start till late July. Does that mean the NBA can't start till late July? I, I don't think those are together. Uh, the Olympics have many more people. They have a different housing environment. They have um, people from all around the world. And then they also have athletes that have to train and really can't train right now in a bunch of their events. So therefore, 
I would say that I think that that's a little, that that's not quite a parallel. So I wouldn't look at that July 25th or 7th date and say that that's any um, indicator there at all. Um, the, the one that was done really well on this is, was done by John Hollinger, who you can hear on Hollinger and Duncan as well. Yesterday when Hollinger wrote the piece at The Athletic about kind of where the schedule might go how he might do it. The The most interesting part to me about Hollinger's article was that he said that he kind of had some time frames on things. Um, one was that the NBA typically has 100 days off between the end of the finals and start of the next training camp. So if you kind of think about it that way, um, then, you know, you, you can kind of reduce, he said you can kind of reduce that down to 90 days, but that probably means you've got to finish our schedule by September 7th. I thought that was an interesting kind of thought backwards, taking the timing backwards the other way. Uh, The other one he talked about was, you know, how long can we, what do we actually need to get um, some sort of a season in? Um, And his feeling was that Labor Day would seem to be as late as the season could possibly run before it one runs into the next NBA season and runs in into the so we kind of we look at that. That's that's kind of what we're talking about there. And so then he backed that out. Then we would start somewhere around December seventh of the next season. Well, that gets interesting because if we're then running our season into July and August in the playoffs, and the Olympics are now the twenty twenty Olympics are now in twenty twenty one in July, that gets kind of funky for some of the players who have to play play in games and things of that sort for foreign teams. And for some of those players, frankly, playing on their national team is as important as it is playing on. They don't get paid as well, but that includes our own Rudy Gobert and maybe a Joe Ingles on his last chance to play in the Olympics. And some of those guys where if we're now postponing the 2020 Olympics to 2021 and you're now walking our, you know, we're going to not who knows if we're starting again or when we start again, but that now is another little, um, you know, piece to the puzzle, shall we call it, or whatever in the ointment, uh, to how you figure out what you're doing, uh, with this, with this situation and how it all plays out. Um, because I thought, you know, at least that's an, it's a, it's a different way, uh, to look at it. Um, the other one that, so John, the other parts of John's article that were really interesting were that he talked about a two-week ramp up, right? He thinks that you probably have to have two weeks at least of some sort of training camp to get our guys ready. I mean, as as much as Joe Ingles looks good doing his little uh, kids, uh, if you watch, follow him on Instagram, uh, they built a really fun little track for their kids inside the house on quarantine day number 13 yesterday. That's probably not going to get him in NBA shape. There's really no way these guys can get in um, to NBA shape. So, it, it's a it's a tricky tricky game for the NBA to try to get this done. Um, he think you know the other one uh, that he, he, uh, John talked about is that there are ninety nine days from June one to that September seventh day. So that's probably you know more you know you get back into camp at June one and then you go to September seventh. You have ninety nine days to put this whole thing together. I mentioned it yesterday. I thought it was really interesting, his idea that, you know, how are you asking the Hawks and the Timberwolves and the Warriors and the 
um, Knicks and those players to come back to just play five games or so. I guess they're getting paid, so that's why they do it. But his idea was that you actually put every single team in the playoffs and then play a playoff series out of that. He does this. He has a regular season where everybody plays about five more games. It's impossible to get everyone to equal amount of games. Uh, it's kind of what he presents. Then he has a play-in tournament for three to five days where the league can play single elimination. And, you know, he has it all broken down. So you start with, you know, the 15th plays 11 and they, they kind of work there. If you're in the bottom, you play three play-in games. If you're in the middle, you play two, you play one. Um, I'll get to it in a second. It's, it's well done. It's well thought out at least. And he has this as, as 80 days. Um, obviously you might stretch that out a little bit, but that also says that if you're trying to get to September 7th is your drop dead date and you know, he gives it an extra 19-day window there where you could plug something of this sort in by uh, and start on June 15th or so. Uh, he has the playoffs as four best-of-five series instead of best-of-seven, and that would take uh, at least six weeks, uh, probably 45 days' worth if the finals went the whole thing. So you're playing best-of-five instead of best-of-seven, which would be, you know, pretty wild and add a, a certain level of... Of things, it also would make the home court even more adva- more advantageous. In theory, it depends your viewpoint on that. Actually, I guess there's probably some data that shows it both ways. Um, so he, I thought John did an interesting job on it. You're seeing, you know, these are the kind of things you're trying to do. John does some really detailed things. If you want to read it, it's in the Athletic. I don't need to read the whole article to you uh, about how you actually get some of the games in by putting people in pods so that they don't have to travel. My the most creative one is he had was the playoffs. And I'll try to read this to you. And I thought it was, I thought it was great. Um, so the top six teams go straight into the playoffs. Seven and eight, he gets what's called a double buy. Why do they have a double buy? Well, because the 10 would play 15, 11 would play 14, and 12 would play 13. Three teams would advance out of that. Those three teams advance out. Nine would then play the the, the nine seed would play the winner of 12-13, which is one of those three games, while the winner of 10-15 and the winner of 11-14 would play. So in theory, you have 9 versus 12 and 10 versus 11. That's your second round of single elimination play in tournament. Those both win. Then those are both finished. And then those play 7 and 8 uh, in a double by. Now, and then suddenly 7 and 8 play single elimination, now you actually have your eight playoff teams once you're done with that. So three rounds, kind of this, this the bottom tier teams playing single elimination that advance to play. They, the two winners play each other, and then the night seed comes in. Then those play, two more advance, play seven, eight. Then those play, two more advance, and now you have your eight, and then you start the, the playoff series. It's kind of an interesting way, but it also incentivizes everybody for coming back. Uh, one of the things I do want to talk about is what teams might be at, have an advantageous situation returning. I'm going to do that after Thurl. Let's put Thur- let's talk. Let's talk to Thurl. It's a positive Wednesday. Some fun conversation. Things he likes most. Obviously, a little Jordan Clarkson talk for the bench guy as well. The store uh, is open, trying to stock up for you the best they can. They are following all of the uh, social distancing issues as well as uh, taking extra sanitary measures for you. Uh, the store is located at 6200 South and 20th East. Uh, they also are located downtown. Uh, I don't know. He's probably going to get really mad at me um, for mentioning this, but I was talking to uh, Ron Boone, and he said, the store's been great. I go on my walk. He lives down um, downtown. I go on my walk, and then um, 
I, when I'm finished with my walk, I go over to the store and there's no, and people don't know about it and I'm able to get most of my stuff. So evidently they've done a nice job of, of stocking um, all of those areas and that. That's the store, 600 South, 20th East, also located uh, down at the gateway. They, they still are fully stocked. So incredible brisket from up in Logan. If you're looking to have a meal at home, pre uh, the chicken pot pies and, all of their pre-made frozen food that you might love those pot pies you want to get. They have the June pies there for you as well. You're welcome to go get the mudslide cookie as well, but I'd have to say I think right now they've got things that are far more uh, impressive to you. They actually were stocked with flour the other day. Pretty impressive uh, work from uh, everything that they were doing uh, right now to get that done. So they are able to get their regular deliveries of essentials like eggs, meats, ground beef, chicken, and keep preparing our meals ready to go perfect for freezers. They have enchiladas and lasagnas. Uh, you also can follow them on Instagram to get their updates. Uh, they do have a little bit of an advantage. They're not tied to corporate warehouses, so they can use every supplier available and they're not tied into things. So they're able to say fully staffed and fully stocked right now. That's the store. 62 South 20th East, also located at the gateway downtown for you to get uh, all of the things you need in this time. Thurl Bailey, so much this week taking time with us talking basketball. All right, what are your what are your favorite parts of this season? Let's be po- positive. Wednesday is what we're kind of doing. What's your favorite part of the, favorite parts of the season? You know, David, when I'm it, it's it's such a great job and a great privilege to work for for this team, and I think one of the reasons why is because we're different than a lot of other teams in the league in that we have a lot of characters, right? I mean, there are those characters that are, but we have so many different characters and storylines on our team. And the one I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to a lot, or even maybe I should say the most, uh, and most people would say, is it Rudy? Is it Donovan? No, for me, it's, it's Joe Ingles. It's Joe Ingles. And it's, there's something about him as, a person as a player that you you tend to want to gravitate towards, right? And I hope the listeners understand what I mean. There's certain players that they might not be the best players on the team, but there's something that they bring that nobody else really brings in that way. And I think Joe has it when he's playing and when he's not. And I don't know how to describe it. It's just that he people gravitate towards him and and I think that he has certain things that others around him need whether they know it or not so I like to watch him when he plays because I know that something interesting and something good is going to happen um, and even if it doesn't it doesn't bother Joe it's interesting and he's and yet his maybe he's emulated the team a little bit his season's been so up and down right yeah. Yeah, it has, but it, it doesn't seem like it bothers him. I think his first priority is to do what he feels like he he needs to do to win. And he doesn't worry if he's not shooting well. Um, and he he's not afraid to go up to a star and, and yell at him, right, on, on his own team. And he gets in the head of opponents, right, without actually – trying to be rough about it. He just maybe says a simple word or give him a simple look. And it's like, okay, it's on right now. 
and I just love his approach to the game. Um, and he and he changes it in different ways. But I mean, the Jazz have a lot of guys like that on the team with different. But I also, I think the fun part for me is watching um, Donovan Mitchell along with another scorer on the team like Boyan and how they interact and how they work together. Um, so there's so many storylines and so many things that I've enjoyed this season, the progress of Rudy Gobert and on the offensive end as well. But, um, you know, I just, I was just wondering how this team was going to come together collectively, you know, after Derek Favors is gone, uh, Ricky Rubio. Um, but as we said earlier in, in your show that you know, we, we kind of felt like that they were about to make their move. It did feel that way. I, I, there's, uh, one of the interesting ones to me is the George Niang story. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is George wasn't particularly good earlier in the year. And yet they cut Jeff Green knowing if they move George Niang to the four, that it's go- not only is it going to work, but that George Niang's going to thrive. To me, that was incredible. Like, I, 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 I don't, I'm sometimes, I know the game pretty well. I try to, you know, you've seen, we go to practice. I try to learn everything I can. And yet, there's these moments when it's like, how did they know that? And George Niang to me this year is that like, how did they know that George Niang who was struggling so badly at the, at the, and and they saw it as a three could slide to the four and suddenly become a really productive player. Well, your numbers didn't, didn't say it. Right. I mean, no, they did not. Your total numbers. No, that's your total numbers guy, but you couldn't have shown me any numbers that would have, that would have proved to me that this was going to happen. But I think that my answer to that is, I don't know if they knew, right? I mean, I, I know what they knew. I know they knew that they weren't getting crap out of that bench on a consistent basis. They were not. They were losing that bench battle on most nights. Um, and... And George, I believe, even in that small sample set that we would see him, I think we knew that if he had could get more minutes and could get more shots, that he's a dead-eye. He's a dead-eye three-point shooter. And he does some other things really well, too, when he's going to the bucket. So how do you get that? First of all, you need – I mean, listen, I've been there before. you got to have a guy – who thinks shot coming off the bench. I was that guy for the jazz for a long time. I knew my job, you know, no, I, you know, I wasn't going to give you, you know, seven, eight assists, but by damn, I was going to try to get you 20 every night. <laughs> Jordan Clarkson's <laughs> list, some, Jordan Clarkson's listening right now and nodding. That's right. And that's what, that's why I'm saying this is because they knew they had to find someone who could trigger that. And if that was triggered, now you've got more time for guys like George and the Yang, right? Um, and and then with more time as a player, you can prove that you can do more. You know, you can get more attempts. And so, uh, how did they know that? There's, there's some great basketball minds on that team. I don't think anything's a surety, but I know they they had to do something. How much do you like having Jordan Clarkson bring all your? Off the bench records back for us. I mean, so because some of these guys out there always like to find negative numbers about you. I, I think that's garbage. By the way. <laughs> All right, dude. Yeah, well, that's our little secret. 
<laughs> I don't know who those guys are. That's 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 kind of garbage yeah. for them to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I think you found all the negative numbers you can. You can't find any more that, that glaring. So now with Jordan Clarkson on this Jazz team, you you can you've dug up a lot of numbers that are in comparison offensively what he's done. Uh, and my name comes up every now and then because you know I had a really great career coming off the bench. But uh, you have to love what Jordan's doing. And and listen, a, a guy like that, you have to give him, you know, give him a couple of inches as far as making mistakes, because he he he's he's going to put up shots, and there are going to be nights where some of those shots won't go, and you have to make a decision based on that. But for 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 the most part, he's instant. It's instant offense, and if there's a there's a lull in the game. Um, you'll watch him go in and change that, and then everybody else feels like they need to follow that to keep that that kind of electricity up. But he has a, a really good knack for that. He is Big T, Thurl Bailey. Final thought uh, from you before, and I appreciate your time so much this week. Um, players can't go to the facilities. Mm-hmm. Players can't go to gyms. What kind of shape are players going to be in? Uh, well, I see a lot of some of these plays. Well, unless you're Rudy and have a gym in your house, um, I see a lot of these guys that are that have home gyms. Um, you'll find a way, right? I mean, and, and that's not the same as playing shape, obviously. Regardless of what you do, you can go outside and run all day long, but it's not game shape. Uh, so there's going to be, and that's that kind of goes back to that question that you asked about or my opinion about starting right into the playoffs. There's going to be some ugly basketball. If, if, if that happens, um, I'm sure there'll be a kind of a grace period of time when teams can get together and practice and, and scrimmage and against each other and all that kind of like training camp again. But, um, you know, if you're a player, you'll find the, the, the best way you can. Uh, I know I heard Peloton sales have gone way up. To yeah. So, you know, uh, you you figure it out. You you just try to be ready in the best way you possibly can when and if that day comes. Um, but there's ways to do it. Maybe not ways to you know to to do it in the kind of shape that we expect them to be in when they play. But uh, you just got to get creative. All right. Well, big EI, yeah, I appreciate your time immensely. I look forward to chatting with you more. As, and, um, you know, uh, if you want to talk jazz basketball, you're always welcome. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we all have I, the I need. It, so, uh, and hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll, I'll see you soon in some appropriate self distancing, distancing manner as we, as we progress out of this. I look forward to it, man. I miss you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. That's big T Thurl Bailey. Thanks so much for his time. More locked on jazz to continue. Absolutely great of Thurl Bailey to take the time with us. Appreciate it very, very much. Tomorrow's show, live, all day show, following the NBA TV, John Stockton's birthday. They'll have jazz games on all day. Mark Eaton's going to stop by. Jeff Hornacek's going to stop by. Craig Bolajak's going to stop by. We'll watch the games together. They'll be on NBA TV. We'll use Locked On Live as a second stream. I'll have the chat room open. That'll be our live show all day tomorrow. Can't wait to share it with you. Uh, and have that day 
uh, with you tomorrow. So make sure you make sure you stop by uh, and join me. Locked on live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. Locked on sports on uh, Periscope as well as Facebook. We'll be live on all those formats and be opening up the chat room. We'll talk about the games we're watching and the players. Remember fun times. Uh, go back in retrospective. So please make sure you join me uh, for that. Uh, Locked on live tomorrow. Should be a great deal of fun. Uh, I got asked by Dave Fox yesterday what teams I thought were in an advantage or disadvantage uh, if we started playing again. I thought it was an interesting question. I hadn't thought about it. I don't know if it's an advantage to us, right? We've, the two times we've had to stop playing uh, or start the year, our offense struggled getting used to itself, and then out of the All-Star break, we didn't come back very well. So I think there's a, there's a funkiness for us in, in that regard. I, I would actually say there's a huge advantage to Houston. Um, Houston, I think James Harden was beat up. Uh, I think they were tired from the way they were playing. Uh, they'll come back out. They'll be fresher. P.J. Tucker is fresh as an older player. Uh, certainly, I think that there's a um, a, a advantage that heads to the, the Lakers um, with just LeBron being the best player in the world and then in and being fresh and probably also the most detailed regimented player in the world in that he's going to have himself ready. So I would say that I think that's a uh, that would be a little bit of an advantage for them. Uh, on a minor end, Memphis had been beat up by a bunch of injuries, and if we're shortening the season, their chance of holding on to that eighth playoff spot increases greatly. Uh, and Zion and New Orleans can't – the, the much-anticipated – uh, New Orleans Lakers first round match- matchup we all thought was coming probably doesn't happen. If we're only playing five, ten more games, that lead is three and a half for Memphis, plus they get Jaron Jackson back. Uh, so I would say that's uh, advantageous to them a little bit. Um, the only other thing shortening the schedule might be advantageous to us because we don't have we don't play as 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 uh, uh, toughest. We have our schedule's been. A tougher part of our schedule is coming up. We wouldn't have to play it. So maybe we could home to hold the home court advantage, um, which if we're playing best three out of five, like John Hollinger says, would certainly uh, be more important uh, than otherwise. So I thought that was an interesting kind of question. Over on the East, I'd say Philadelphia gets the biggest advantage. One, they were kind of a discombobulated mess. And two, Ben Simmons was out uh, with an injury and, and they get they get them back. Um Milwaukee and Toronto, I don't know if there's an advantage either way. I mean, this is just going to be strange to see who comes back. Are younger players better at it or older players? If, we, if, if in fact, we come back and play, it'll just be – there's so much unknown to who will, who will have the advantages in that. But I got asked that question, and uh, I, I wouldn't think – frankly, you know, if you're taking the start of the season as any indicator, Nikola Jokic's physical condition wasn't one that would make me particularly uh, excited if I'm a Denver Nugget uh, fan. Uh, I wanted to share with you a research project gone wrong, so I was trying to just find, I was just goofing, uh, trying to find things to prove how great Rudy is. Um, so if you if you look at us, you know, just as a whole, we're, we're remarkably better when Rudy's on the floor. And I might have actually found something, but the fact is that it's such a small, it doesn't show it uh, a great deal. So I was trying to look at, um, if you look at our on-off numbers with Rudy, he's we're seven points better per 100 possessions defensively when he's on the floor. Um, and it's interesting, what, what we really are is we're a better defensive rebounding team and we foul a lot less. I mean, the, really the biggest thing is we, we hardly foul at all when Rudy's on the floor. Uh, we're plus 11 overall when Rudy's on the floor compared to when he's off the floor. It's a huge margin. 
But I was looking at some interesting things. Like, so what about drives? Like, if people are driving to the basket, Rudy's on the floor versus off the floor. We're better with Rudy on, but it's .968 with him on and .973 with him off. So it's only .05. Now, I guess, you know, if you try to get into it, if there's 40 drives a game and it's .05, then that actually ends up being, you know, that ends up being two points. So that actually might not be as kind of minimal as I'm saying, we're, we're less good on dribble handoffs when Rudy's on the floor than we are when Rudy's off the floor. People don't do it as much, but that is how people attack us is the dribble handoff, and Rudy's not quite as good. And then picks, it was the same thing. It was .97 with him on, but it was actually .95 with him off. We're actually somehow better pick-and-roll defense, and it, it just didn't make any sense to me. I, I, so, you know, I, I, I share sometimes with you, on research projects, I'm going to have to try to dig into this a little more and try to figure out, you know, what am I missing and, and what was... But there, there's this seven-point differential for when Rudy's on versus off. And I was trying to look to see if I could dig in where Rudy's defense is most impactful. I did find it, you know, when you drive to the basket and Rudy's there, it's certainly a, it's a different game for people. And then, but the pick-and-roll game... It's been a problem this year. Teams pulling up in the mid-range, hitting that shot, pulling up for three, hitting that shot. We haven't been as as good on some of that. So it's been interesting. It was an interesting little thing to see that we're actually, uh, when Rudy's on the floor, our pick-and-roll defense has actually been, in theory, less good than it was when he's off the floor this year, which doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. I'll dig some more into it, see what I can find for you. Um, as they're the bottom line numbers were seven points better per hundred possessions. But this time I thought I'd just share with you research projects that have not gone well. All right. Tomorrow live shows all day long. Can't wait to talk to you then. Thanks very much for tuning in. It is Wednesday today. Why don't you take a second and tune in to rejecting the screen with Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov by telling your smart device to play the most recent episode of podcast rejecting the screen.